Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, we're done with high school sports. It's weird to say. You're going to be on vacation for a couple of days coming up here. This is your last day for a while. Um, and, you know, things are pretty rosy here, I would say, with a nice little a nice little relaxing stretch coming up. We got a short podcast for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's this is going to be a record. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a record because uh, we kind of timed it last week where we recorded Thursday. So we got all baseball, softball, golf, um, all of that done. So we just have track and field where we were Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Um, so we'll have a lot to talk about, at least from that. But um, other than that, there aren't any sports. So um, there's a couple other news and notes, things we'll hit after a break um, and kind of preview ahead what, what the summer is going to look like with the podcast when we're going to be recording. Um, and kind of what that's going to look on the horizon until the next high school and college season start. Um, but so let's start off with the only place we can go, which is track. Um, usually held at Hamlin every year for state track. This year was held at St. Michael Albertville High School. Um, they did the 3,200 meter races on Thursday. And then Class A was all on Friday and Class 2A was all on Saturday. Um, usually there's prelims and finals, but this year they decided to just do um timed finals right off the gates there was two heats for a lot of the events and it was just straight up what time uh was best was going to be crowned on the podium so um where do where do we want to start from those three days of action brian well i guess first just kind of as a general thought um i thought it was a great event uh to be honest i mean hamlin don't get me wrong great place really cool to go compete at a college college facility but honestly some of these high schools look like college facilities. <laughs> You're talking about St. St. Michael Albertville. I mean, even like Wyzetta and Eden Prairie, they have some really nice venues too. Been there a couple of times. Um, but yeah, STMA is, was amazing. Um, they have some really nice parking spots. Um, I think we never really had any issues with parking. Um, and then on top of it, I loved the time heats. I, I really did. Um, when we, when we used to do it, it was, prelims one day and then the the finals would be a different day so you'd have to kind of go two days in a row um to to be able to cover the person that you're covering because you don't know if they're going to make it through prelims so you got to make sure you get a photo then and it then they usually do because they they're awesome or whatever and then you have to go there again whereas to you know when we went it was just two timed heats and you had your first heat which would be kind of the you know I would say eight through 16 runners. And then you would have the one through eight runners that would run in the second heat. And surprisingly, there were a few times, I think throughout the last, those couple of days that we were kind of shocked to see a few of those people's times in the first heat, because you never know. I mean, that's the beauty of, of the, of the sport is that you can have a really good run and you just don't even know it. So, um, no, I think overall, just before we get into anything, I thought that whole entire venue was awesome. I went there for state state wrestling in the winter. Um, I thought that was really good too. And honestly, I think this is something that we could potentially see in the future is something similar to this where you don't have to pay for a college, um, a college event or venue or whatever. Um, you can just use someone, one of the high school's, of uh, venues to be able to host to something like this because they have the ability to, I mean, if you, if you go to YZ, if you go to Edina, if you go to um, Eden Prairie, I mean, St. Ma- St. Michael Albertville, all of those types of schools that have huge enrollment, 
they need to have these types of ven- or you know venues to be able to host <laughs> the the people that they're trying to have. So um, so overall, I think I think that was something first of all that kind of caught my eye was just how well organized it was. Um, the tickets things. I was talking to some of the people on Saturday about the tickets just to see you know what their thoughts were because all of it was online. They didn't have any cash boxes or anything like that. Um, and I think the big thing, the big, the big takeaway from that was they wish that they would have had at least one cash box because about 90% of the people came with their phones and, and were able to, you know, do online. But some of that older generation that's used to just sending out $12 and giving out $12 in cash to go see their kid compete, they weren't able to. Um, and so they had to figure out a different way. And some of them don't even have smartphones. <laughs> Um, surprisingly enough, I, I mean, some of them don't. So it's just that type of thing where I think you're starting to learn kind of how things go and how things operate. But for the most part, it, it ran really, really smooth um, for both the participants, the, the fans and the media. Yeah. Other than having no shade, we had no shade anywhere. That's true. The, That's true. The, sh- the shade was not ideal. Yeah. So, so I would, yeah. And of course we did find shade after the first part of uh, Saturday, kind of behind the grandstand, we kind of found a ledge that had some shade and then they, they managed to close that off between the first and second session that day. I we think the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. Cause apparently that was too much to have us have some shade, but um, yeah, we still managed, you know, just kind of sat in the sun, managed to ed- do a lot of the editing and stuff throughout. Um, but yeah, no, the, the facility was great. Um, like you said, it was kind of nice uh, to not have that multi-day, especially when we have two classes that we're covering as well. That can that can tend to be a lot, um, and be, you have to be there kind of every session if that's the case. But um, no, it, it was nice that we kind of got to break it up. We were, I was there by myself Thursday. We were both there Friday, and then you were by yourself yourself Saturday. So we we kind of got to evenly split it um, and get a nice taste of it. And we had some some really good results too. I mean, um, we had. You know, Justice Florian that you saw on Saturday, she came out of nowhere to finish third in the long jump, have her career best. Um, we had Olivia Gable was fourth in um, the mile, just a, maybe one hour after Albany finished uh, third in the four by eight for the girls, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of great, great results, too. We had a lot of podium finish. The majority of the people that we went to see actually did end up um, finishing on the podium. And like you said, with the, um, you know, with people finishing on the podium from the first heats too. I know in the boys four by eight where cathedral was, where cathedral was fifth um, and Albany was ninth. I know two of the teams that were ahead of cathedral were from the first heat too. Um, that kind of came out of nowhere and had just crazy good times, better than their seed times. And um, you know, they ended up competing really well and they finished ahead too. So yeah. So um, yeah, it was just a lot of fun over those three days. Absolutely. And I guess we can start it off with the 32 since, um, since that was kind of the first, event to kick off this three-day tournament. Um, I know you were down that, or you were down there for that event um, by yourself, but you were able to see quite a bit of some, uh, some good, good times and good running by uh, a handful of the local area. Yeah. We had Christine Kaltoff. She finished seventh um, for her best ever finish. She'd run the two mile twice before at state two, actually. Um, and she'll be running at, a division two Mary next year. Um, so it's not the final time she'll race, but it was for high school and talking to her after the race. I mean, just racing for Albany the last six years. I mean, it just meant a lot to her to run for her school. Um, and for her to have her best time, it was her best time, but maybe like half a second, something, but, um, to finish that, 
kind of at a really high pace and she stayed with the top. It was like a group of top six that um, ended up finishing the race really close, but she stayed with them for at least over half the race. So um, I know she was just really happy to have that kind of level of competition and be able to put in her best performance ever to, to cap her high school career. And then other, other athletes that ran were Turner Shad from cathedral. Um, he was the first cathedral individual to race, um, at state in like six or seven years. So that was really big for him to even qualify in the first place. Um, he finished in 11th place and then Sam Brewer from Apollo in class two a, um, he moved up to 12th by the end of the race in a really fast time too. Um, neither, uh, Sam or Turner had their best times of the year, but, um, they both ran really hard and those were really, really strong fields as well. Um, so all three of those athletes got to compete that night, um, within like an hour time frame, which was great. It was literally, it all happened within an hour. I talked to him and then could head home and try to, uh, to get the photos done and get it all recapped for, for sctimes.com. But yeah, so that was, that was good to, to get that kind of, um, you know, get to get a little coverage out of the way early. And then we were both there early, um, on Saturday or Friday morning, that would have been, um, to get together and right off the bat was the boys four by eight that we got to watch. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to watch um, Albany and Cathedral, like we were kind of talking about earlier in this podcast. They kind of kicked off the local coverage that day. Cathedral um, in the 4x8, 4x800 relay, and Cathedral was able to finish fifth um, with a time of 18, or 18, <laughs> let's try that again, 8 15 <laughs> 81. Um, and then Albany finished ninth with uh, 8 20, 826, So, um, some good times by them, kind of similar to what we were saying before. Um, I know like Lake city was competing in the first heat with, with Albany. Um, and they, they just ran like crazy, um, and got a really nice time. They actually went ahead of cathedral and was able to, I think, take second or third overall. And so, I mean, it was just a, it was a really good, really good start to the, the track and field day. Um, overall, I know when it came to cathedral, a lot of them gave it like they're all, um, in the, in the aspect of not saying Albany didn't, because obviously they did, but, um, they just kind of fell to the ground uh, after, after each time that they handed off the baton. And, uh, you could just tell that they left everything out on that track. Um, which, which is always, always a good thing to see. The main question for me, and I think we were kind of talking about it when we were watching the four by eight was how, how much is Grant going to push it? Um, because Grant, Grant Mayers had a 800 meter run right afterwards that we were kind of thinking, okay, if he's in some type of lead or he's near the lead, I'm sure he's going to push it. Cause he, he did that back in the section section meet, but um, this time Albany was kind of behind by quite a bit from that first and second spot. And so I think he, I mean, he definitely kept pushing it. That's for sure. Um, Cause he had a really nice split time, but um, I think he, he kind of pushed back a little bit just so that he had a little bit left in the tank for that 800 run um, afterwards. Yeah. And it was on, it was unfortunate that in that 800 meter run, you know, he got out front or he was out of lane one, which is the toughest lane, especially in the 800 where you all cut right after a hundred meters. So you're gonna have everyone cutting in front of you. Um, he managed to kind of, sneak through and be right at the front there. And then we kind of had either turned away or we were waiting to see on the backstretch. Cause you know, we're, we're at the finish line 
Um, so you can't even, and there's, you know, there's tents, there's, there was a couple tents for, um, high school league stuff. So you can't really fully see, but then all of a sudden we, we see him come around the corner and he's not there at all. And we're like, what happened? And we hear that, um, he went down or we saw that he fell. You could tell he was kind of limping. Um, and he still finished the race, which was crazy because as we saw him later, he was on crutches later that day. We, um, seemed like kind of a pretty serious injury actually, but he still was able to, to finish and run through. And, you know, when he came across the line, he had his head in his hands just because he knew how big of an opportunity that was. And it was kind of crushing even for us to have to see that just because of how serious it was. But I think to me, it already just kind of writes the narrative for next year. I, I, in my opinion, I see a pretty big redemption arc most likely coming for him, especially how well he ran cross country this year, how well he ran all track season and continued to improve. Um, I'd expect really big things out of him next year. Yeah. And I know, I know talking to some of the people around, it seemed like he had a, 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 an ankle sprain. I mean, it wasn't like a break or anything like that. It was just an ankle sprain, but obviously trying to get back to running and, and being able to get in shape for, um, or get, get in, get in physical condition for, uh, for cross country this upcoming fall, because obviously those sprains are never a easy thing to, to recoup from, um, but I know knowing Grant, he'll probably be able to recover pretty easily and, and be able to compete in cross country this upcoming year. But yeah, I know you and I kind of were talking about how we're just basically expecting a article that says, you know, what happened this year to, you know, possibly winning the whole thing next year. Um, he was on a good pace until he fell. And um, I think, I think that just kind of shows you where he's at mindset wise. And then on top of it, He's going to be a senior. It's going to be his last year. So I'm sure he's going to have plenty of uh, plenty of stuff to think about as he gets ready for this upcoming senior year. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so easy to get stepped on in those 800 races to the packs are so tight. Um, you can't even really see what happened. I know uh, her his coach, Kathy, said she was watching it and she still couldn't even really tell what yeah. exactly happened. Um, so it's tough. But um, one other thing before we move on to the girls is that, you know, for Cathedral to finish fifth, they dropped their time too. Um, and, you know, three of them will be coming back. Um, Eli Abel, he's the only one that's a senior. You have Turner Shot, who's a junior, and then two sophomores and Henry Abel and Ben Fromelt. So, I mean, they, they should look pretty strong coming back. I know they have a couple guys too that were either hurt for part of the year or couldn't fully compete um, like they would have expected this year. Some younger long distance runners too. So, um, for them to kind of break that streak of no one guys or girls competing at state for five, six years, um, and see a little bit of success, get on the podium. I think that'll do a lot for their program as well. Definitely. And kind of wrapping up the, the day for us was the girls and, um, we had just two events, honestly. So it was kind of a quick day for us, honestly. Um, but for to start off the girls, it was the girls four by eight relay, um, which we were kind of talking about earlier on. Albany was able to finish third. Um, I know in 2019 they finished third as well. Seemed like they were hoping to maybe get in that top two, top, you know, even top one um, and win it. Um, but they they kind of had a, you know, they, they were up against some really good competition. They had some really good. Um, some really good times, but it was just, I think the one thing after talking to the girls after this race was that they just, they're so used to being ahead of the pack during the season that this was a eye opener for them. Honestly, um, they, they kind of said, you know, for the most part, they would be a hundred to 200 meters ahead of 
any team that they competed against during the regular season because you were competing against one team, maybe maybe two as the year got you know closer to the end. And most of the time, the competition wasn't at the level of what Albany was at for that four by eight relay. Now you're up against some of the best teams and you have people in front of you now that you have to kind of go catch. And so I think it was just a a big eye opener for them. And I think they learned a lot. Um, But I know Olivia, Olivia had to run right away afterwards. I was trying to get a, get in touch with her and talk to her. And she was like, I think she had 10 minutes in between when she finished at the podium to when she had to be in um, registration for the the mile run. So um, she, she came back and was able to finish fourth with a time of five Oh five Oh eight, which is really good, especially after running 800 meters right after, right before Um, she was the anchor for them. And so she, I, I know for her, she was kind of in that, that pack right away in the top three, um, she even pushed, I think, to, you know, she was basically side by side with the leading runner um, for most of that race. And then I think at the last last lap, they just kicked it into another gear. And unfortunately, Olivia just didn't have anything left in the tank because um, she used some of it during that 800 run for the relay. So um, she finished fourth, but still a really good run for her. Yeah, especially as her freshman year, I mean, as a seventh grader, I think she was uh, part of the relay team. Um, you know, down there with them, but her first time competing as an individual at state, um, she was only, you know, I think like 0.3 seconds off her personal best from this year, which she set the school record at least like three or four times now at this point already as a freshman. Um, and yeah, I mean, she, you know, it, it didn't go quite, I mean, still two top four finishes is nothing to be too upset about, but <laughs> I know just kind of seeing her, seeing how the team felt, it seemed like they still expected more, just which kind of shows to me why they're so successful is they really aren't pleased with, you know, anything other than getting first at that level. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, Christine, she got them off to a good start, but then there was also just some really fast, you know, legs in between too um, that made it tough for them to kind of stick with. So, I mean, especially, especially for, I'd expect, <laughs> I'd expect her kind of, like we said, with Grant to be chasing titles even more. I'd almost expect Olivia. I'd, she's got to be one of the favorites, uh, you know, especially in 1600. We'll see if even she tries to see how the relay team does next year. If she even, tra- I know she ran a couple, I think she ran either the 800 or the two mile. I don't know if she ran the two mile, but I think she ran the 800 even once or twice this year. Um, maybe even one of the two events. So she could even expand to, to more long distance events too and stuff. But um yeah, really good day all around, I'd say, for Albany and Cathedral um, on Friday. And then moving to Saturday, um, you know, you had a had a kind of a wide variety of people to cover. Um, we did have some kind of surprise podium finishes, you were saying, either from seed times or um, where they kind of lined up in those field events. You weren't quite expecting them to, to make the top nine, but um, some people really made huge jumps. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest the biggest one was um, Sock Rapids' senior Justice Florin, she, she just, she had a really, really nice jump to start off her because they do different flights similar to track. They have like different flights for um, individuals. And so she was in the first flight because she was kind of in the lower tier of, uh, of, of jumps, but she fit or she started off, you get four jumps and she finished the first one with a 1708, which is a personal best for her. And uh, she, after that, her main goal was to try and push it. And she wanted to get 17-10, 17-12. Um, she wanted to get keep going up more and more and more. And uh, she wasn't able to get 
higher than 1708, but she also put a lot of pressure on that in the sense that, you know, we just, we need to get a really good jump. Otherwise we could be potentially behind her. And so I think with just that surrounding that pressure surrounding people, it was, um, it, it kind of helped with her taking advantage of, of the fact that she was able to put that type of number up right away. Um, she finished third with a 1708. And I, I know for her, that was a huge, huge accomplishment for her, especially being a senior. Um, she wanted to get to state. That was kind of her main goal. Um, and then getting there and being able to do this was even, you know, more than what she could think of. And so um, she was beyond happy. She was smiling the entire time when I was talking to her because she was so excited about being able to place in the top three for Sock Rapids. Um, and then another one that kind of jumped off the page a little bit was um, Noelle Hackenmuller. She's a junior from Apollo. She actually kind of had a similar story to Justice in the in the girls' triple jump. She um, she was in the first flight. I think it was her second jump, I believe. She finished with a 36.08 and a quarter, and that was a really nice jump. Um, she kind of put the pressure on that second flight with that type of number and she was able to finish sixth. And so she was able to get on the podium as well, which is, which is really good to see. Um, I know for her, she was, I know she was just close to a bunch of different events to making it to state, being able to get to there for triple jump and being able to um, get on that podium was I'm sure a huge accomplishment for her. And she's coming back next year, which is, which is kind of fun to see because now she can, you know, hopefully I some other events that maybe she can get to for, um, for state and kind of get a little bit more events under, under her belt. Yeah. You know, I, you know, she 300 hurdles. She was le- She was leading right down the final stretch. I know just got narrowly beat at the line, long jump justice beater, by I think it was what we said, a quarter of an inch, half an inch, something like that to, to advance. So yeah, I mean, she could easily go three, four events and yeah, get that experience at state set a personal best to, um, in the biggest moments shows that, um, you know, she can show up at, the, at those big meets. Um, and like you said, going forward, yeah, that's going to be huge leading into her senior season. Absolutely. And the other two that made it to the podium um, from Saturday, uh, David Boyd Jr., who was a senior from Apollo, he actually raced in three different events that day. Um, the first one was the 100-meter dash. Um, he finished thir- 13th there with an 11.08. Then he, then right afterwards, he went and competed in the four by one relay with, um, with Apollo and they finished 11th with a time of 43.92. And then the 200 meter dash, which Zach kind of told me was probably one of his more favorite or better, um, events that he, he competed at. He actually was able to make the podium. He finished seventh overall with the time of 22.41. Um, that one kind of scared the crap out of me, honestly, because, um, I was so used to the 100 meter where literally they're like looking right at you when they're about to start. Well, this time they were behind the tent. So all of a sudden the gun went off and I'm like, where are the people? I was like, I kind of forgot about that. So um, kind of scared me a little bit when they came around the corner. I'm like, Ooh, these guys are really going fast. Okay. Got it. Um, and then the other one that was able to get on the podium was Ricori's Cecilia Woods. Um, she's a sophomore for Ricori and she was able to finish eighth in the 100 meter hurdles for the girls with a time of 1509. And I think for her, just as a sophomore, she was, she kind of came in with a lot of learning. She wanted to learn a lot. She wanted to grow a lot. Um, she feels like she's grown a lot throughout this entire season, but she wanted to kind of compete against the best. And so 
being in that final heat um, was a huge accomplishment for her and being able to finish eighth and get on that podium, I think is just kind of the start of what she can do as she gets into her upperclassmen years as junior and senior years. So um, overall, a really good day, um, some kind of unexpected results, to be honest, um, compared to their seed times, I would say. Um, but yeah, I think overall it was a really good day for um, the class AA local area. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different schools competing. Um, like you said, they got to get a little shine to the last athletes um, that competed were uh, Evan Flores from Sartell in the pole vault. He was 12th. And then Brooke for Kinnis, she was 14th in the 800 from Apollo. And she's a junior. She'll be coming back too. Um, so probably expect big things from her in track and also cross country next year as a senior as well. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up the track and field coverage. It was um, it was a weird year starting with only dual meets. So especially a lot of these athletes were talking about um, – you know, they didn't get really tested for three quarters of the year or more. You know, there was nine, 10 meets where they're easily winning, taking first. Um, and it really just changes your perception when you do get to go to those big meets, um, actually face people that are going to really push you, um, even beat you. And then that kind of gets you ready for next season too. So next year should be back to a normal track here, just like all these sports and especially in a sport like track, that's really, I think going to make a big difference, um, in kind of preparing for those statement. You can have those you know, mega meat type, you know, tune-ups in a way that you can go against 10, 15, 20 teams or the best athletes. Um, and I think that's just going to lead to even better performances next year. So um, great. I think so. That'll wrap up our track coverage. We're going to take a quick break here. Um, we come back on the other end. We're just going to talk a couple news and notes um, and things to expect out of the podcast going throughout the summer. So thanks for tuning in so far and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, Brian, this is just kind of the say whatever you want segment is, I guess, what it's going to be today. Um, what do you think we should fill in people on first? Kind of what the podcast is probably going to look like the next couple weeks? Yeah, I think I think that's probably a good idea. Do, do we know what it's going to look like? Or... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk there. sometime. Uh, I mean, yeah. keep checking back. We will probably within the next month, we'll probably at least put one out. Um, no, I think, so looking at our schedule, I know I'm on vacation next week. Um, you're on vacation the following week. And then we're both back after that for a little while, which is nice. Um, so I think sometime in there, we'll probably do some type of podcast. Um, the podcast will look a little different. We're not going to be talking about high school sports, obviously, but the nice part about St. Cloud is that there's a lot of different things that you can go do. So whether that's the rocks, whether that's um, amateur baseball, um, there's a, you know, racetrack that's over here as well. Um, I know we got a couple emails about some like boxing um, or some like MMA type of stuff. 
Um, there's, you know, the Legion baseball. There's a lot of stuff that goes on over throughout the year, um, throughout the summertime. And so um, I think we're going to be working on a lot of different feature stories. We might also even update you on some of like the new hires. Um, I know there's been a handful of new hires for coaches over the last couple of months, but I've just been way too busy to even like describe it on the podcast. So it might be good to let people know who, who the new faces are going to be heading into the next school year. Um, but I will say, don't sit back too much because in uh, August, I think it is, we start up high school coverage, basically like that first or second week of August, we start up high school coverage. So we'll be starting to do previews again and all that type of stuff. So um, we get pretty much like a month to kind of just unwind, hang out, do some vacations, use our PTO up, (laughs) and then we get to go back into the grind of things. So, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the plan. I don't know. Do you agree upon that? (laughs) Yeah, I'd say for the most part. Yeah. I'd say sometime in the next week or two, we, we want to do kind of a special show, either a one or two parts we might put it out in two parts since it might be kind of long, but um, on all our, all Metro teams, we're going to have we count nine of them um, coming out basically from this, this coming weekend, all the way through July 4th is when the last is going to run. So um, I know we're both going to be around a, a little bit that, that fall after the fourth, maybe a day or two, we'll see. So hopefully we can maybe record something during that stretch or the, you get back right before the fourth. So maybe we'll do it then. Cause most of them will be out, but uh, yeah, we're, those are going to release. I don't know if maybe we'll hold them to like a Wednesday, you know, to kind of keep it our normal time throughout most of the year. Maybe not, but those will be coming. Um, like you said, we'll probably have just a couple of random shows where we just talk about stories we've worked on. That's the beauty kind of of the summer. Like you said, you just get these random stories about, you know um, you know, a UFC fighter from St. Cloud. I've written about that before, you know, someone that's paddling, you know, 8,000 miles in Alaska or something, um, you know, those type of stories kind of come up in that summertime when we have more time to chase those, those features. So um, there's going to be stuff like that. There's going to be, you know, amateur baseball coverage here and there. Got the Olympics too. Got the Olympics going on. We'll see. There's always some random local connection like this person's brothers from, you know, Sauk Rapids or something that just competed or, you know, there's, there's crazy stuff like that. So there'll be plenty to do it. it We'll see. It might be kind of a bi-weekly basis. We might just try to do it when we have time. We actually will probably be back in the office somewhat. We'll actually probably see each other more. So it might be easier to just be like, hey, we have an hour. Let's go record something. Um, We're still trying to figure all that out exactly. I'm sure as we go on, we'll talk about that. And, you know, when we do our All Metro podcast or we'll tweet something out when we have a little better idea. But it's just so hectic with, you know, like you said, you know, you're gone a week. I'm gone three days. You're gone two days. It it just kind of goes back and forth throughout the summer. But yeah, the second week of August is when those zero week teams for football will start practicing. Then the following week, every single fall sport um, and some other football teams that hadn't yet are going to start practicing. So we'll be in full swing by then, but this next kind of, you know, it kind of makes it even different. We're already at the end of June, which is kind of hard to believe, but it's only about a six week stretch until that happens. So I'd say we'll have, you know, two, three, four podcasts throughout that time, kind of fill people in on what's going on. Um, and keep them updated best we can. Absolutely. And um, I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, we appreciate everybody's help and everybody's support when it comes to um, this past season. I know it hasn't really been an easy one with, you know, the fall starting up, knowing, not knowing if we were going to have a fall season, um, then having it cut short. 
Um, and then, you know, all the different restrictions that happened in the winter where, you know, I think I, I haven't texted the ADs that much in my entire life when it came to um, having to tell them when we're going to different events and stuff. But, um, you know, and then the spring kind of a little bit more relaxed, um, I would say, compared to the other seasons. But regardless of whatever season you were in, um, I mean, we appreciate your subscriptions. We appreciate you reading our stuff. We also appreciate all the feedback that everybody gives us. Um, the stories, yes, the stories do come from us, but honestly, the majority of the stories come from you guys. Um, without you guys, we don't really know what's going on in the community. You know a lot more about the different places, the different people, um, and we're just here to kind of tell the stories, honestly. So um, so thank you for all of your support. Thank you for keeping this podcast alive and listening to it. And I know last year, last summer, the idea came about, about doing a podcast. And I think for us, it was kind of like, okay, um, how's this going to work? And like, how's this going to go? Because obviously we weren't in, um, same area. We, we couldn't be in the newsroom and we weren't sure how this was all going to work out, but now, you know, I think it's 43 podcasts later. We, we now have almost a year's worth of podcasting. And so it's just crazy to see how this last year has been. Um, but somehow, you know, if something happens, we just keep pushing through and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, it's been a fun ride over the last, over the last, uh, school year. And I think we're looking forward to this upcoming school year. We're going to, I will say we are going to enjoy our summer a little bit. Um, I, but after that, I think we're looking forward to a very fun school year where we get to, we know most of the people, we understand how things kind of work we as a duo know how we work. Um, it's just, it's, it's a lot nicer. And I think we're both looking forward to what's to come here in the next, um, in the next year as, as we get ready for, you know, the 2021, 22 school year. Yeah, definitely. There's gonna be so much, always so much to cover college, high school, everything in between. So we're really excited for that. And one last thing before we wrap up today is that, um, I mean, I think the story's gonna be coming up probably today or tomorrow about it, but um, there's always a highest annual high school all-star game that, you know, it's been hosted by the Vikings in past years. It's been at us bank stadium, a couple other places as well. It's almost 50 years. The game's been going that, um, it was, it got canceled in May, but then a group of parents kind of came together, um, to make it a reality. So it's still going to be happening. It's gonna be at St. John's this Saturday at noon. You can still buy tickets. I think the tickets are only like 12 bucks or something. Um, but um, there's not even really enough time to go into all the details right now of everything that came together, but basically just a couple of the, the kids' parents said, we're still going to make this a thing. So they went out themselves, even without the backing of the coaches association or the Vikings who have a lot of sponsorship. Usually um, they went, they raised $33,000 to make it happen. There's still going to be the usual kind of three days of practice leading up to the all-star game. Um, a lot of the same players are going to be there that did get, um, you know, selected, you know, months ago that we're going to be in it. Um, wow. You know, there's some that either are already reporting to, you know, fall training camp for their colleges, or there's some that couldn't make it, but a vast majority are still going to be there for the North South rosters. That's how they split it up. Um, so I'm still getting kind of the rosters together, see exactly all the local players. I know there's at least three Ricori guys playing. I think a handful, there might be a couple from Albany too. So um, there's going to be some local interest in it. I'm just really excited to get out there on Friday and see kind of this event that um, took a lot of manpower. And it was mostly these a couple moms that really just took it upon themselves to make this happen. Um, and it's going to be really cool to kind of see the fruits of their labor to to give the kids this event that, you know, they 
they wanted, they deserved. And, um, you know, that people said couldn't be done that they said, yeah, we can do it ourselves. So they went out and did it. It's always cool to see when people can kind of band together for something like that. Absolutely. And I know I've been able to cover a couple of them at that U- at U.S. Bank and they're super fun. I mean, they there's so much there's so much fun to watch because it's the best of the best competing against each other. And that's also a fun time in the sense that, you know, there's some fun jokes that get made and, you know, some cool celebration photos and things like that. Um, so, no, I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing how it turns out. And I know you'll be out there to cover it since I'll be on vacation. But, yeah, it should be a fun one. Definitely. So that's kind of my plan for Saturday. And as we go forward, like we said, there's me all metros running in the paper starting, I believe it is Saturday, um, all the way through the following Sunday on July 4th. So make sure you keep an eye on those for all nine spring sports, see who made it. We're going to have player of the years for every single sport. Um, and also first and second teams. So, um, a lot of people to be recognized for their efforts this spring. So I think that about wraps up the show for today. So once again, thank you for your continued support of the SC Time Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.